Well, welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zarathustra. We're going to talk about what is ego. And uh, I'm sure you all have heard about it. Ego. You heard about it? Right. Ego. And, you know, you hear somebody has a big ego or you hear about this person is ego tripping. And um, we hear the word ego all the time. So what is it? What is this ego? I mean, it's not anything you can touch, you can smell, you can eat, you can breathe, but it's something that's ingrained in every human being um, around age two. Every human being develops their ego and, uh, and they're ruled by it until, unless you come to full awakening, full realization, you end up having your ego. And, and this ego can get you into a lot of trouble. So, and it creates a lot of suffering. It creates, it's a source of desires, source of fears. So, because it creates this illusion that you're almighty, you're powerful, and you can do whatever you want to do. It gives you that sense that being powerful. So let's dissect this. Let's get into it and get clear about it for once and all. And uh, so we don't have to fall into this illusion, fall into this abyss. And uh, consciousness, the presence, the being, you can compare it to a lake, a flat lake. It's a lake and it has no ripples. There's no waves in it. It's simply you're looking on a very calm, beautiful, warm day, gorgeous day, and you're looking at this lake, and this lake is completely flat. And the surface of the lake, it looks like a mirror. Like it's so clear that you feel like you can walk on it. It's like glass. But then what happens is a ripple rises. For some reason, a little wave starts to come, whether wind comes or whatever happens is that it creates a ripple and the ripple turns to a wave. And sometimes these waves could be really big. They can really rise pretty high. And so when this wave comes, this ripple is created on this flat lake. It's similar to a person being born and a body is, is made and the person is being born in this, in this world and the person starts to develop a sense of separation, a sense of personal doership. It's just a sense. And normally this uh, sense starts to really take form around age two. And, uh, and that's why in, in the U.S. they call it the terrible two. And so what happens is that as we begin to develop this sense of separation as an individual entity of someone that is in charge of their own affairs, somebody who's in charge of their own life, which is basically a thought, a thought that comes with the rise of the ego, a thought comes because ego is nothing but thoughts or the mind. It's no difference. When ego is simply a thought, it's a mind, it's a thinking mind, that this thinking mind has a belief system that the physical world is the only thing there is, and it connects to the physical world through its five senses. And as this ripple arises, this wave arises, so that the person is being born, the person is being created, the sense of I am separated is being created, then it also comes time and space. Time and space is being created out of this thought, I am somebody, I am someone, 
Therefore, I have power and I can do whatever I want. I can achieve anything I want. And of course, today in our spirituality, in pseudo spirituality, there is no shortage of teachers, books, and teachings, and seminars, and workshops about you are almighty, you have all the power in the world, you are the co-creator, and you can do whatever you want if you put your mind into it, which this is completely false teachings. It's completely incorrect. And what it does, it just leads you into suffering. That's all it does. It does not lead you to liberation. It takes you into the bondage. It takes you into the prison. All it does, it adds to more desires and more fears. And naturally, it's going to bring you back into another repeat of this life again, one more time, because those desires are never going to fulfill. It's always going to lead to another desire. We'll get into that more in details. So we have consciousness compared to a flat lake, pure presence. Some may want to call it emptiness. The almighty, that which is always here, that which has never been born and it never dies. It's just pure potential, pure being. So it's not moving, it's very still, and it's very silent. But the moment, moment that it creates a little movement, then all of a sudden, waves begin to rise. And each wave that rises, it always falls back. And a wave, you can compare it to a human being, as it's rising, you can compare it to as you are growing up. You were born and you start growing up. And as you're growing up, you're shaping your personality, you're developing your body, you're getting more in touch with your emotions, you slowly, slowly become aware of your psyche or what you like, what you don't like. And so this wave, it begins to rise. It's exactly what has happened in your life. You start to grow. And the wave is rising. But as we all know, every wave only goes so high. And then what happens when it reaches its peak? What happens to the wave? It starts to fall down and gravity is going to pull it back. And where does the wave collapses, crashes in? Where does the wave go to? It goes back into the ocean. So where each human being goes back to. Where do we go back to? From the time we were born, we keep rising, rising. You, re you reach your peak and you can just look back at your life. Where was your peak? Where, where did you peak? Those of you who's a little bit older, it's easier for you to look back and say, I peaked at age 40, I peaked at age 50. My peak was at age 60, or those are who are younger, somebody's 40 years old, 35 years old, you may say, oh, well, my peak was 10 years ago, but you may still be peaking. So it's like the wave is rising, it's going higher and higher, and then it reaches its peak, and then it starts to go down. So what happens at the end of the day is one day, Zarathustra will go back into the ground, he will die, and the prana leaves this body, and we call it death. There's no more soul, there's no more life force in here, and the body dies. And they either cremate it or they bury it under the ground, and it's over. And then there's another one being born, somebody else is being born. As you can see, you can observe what's going on. So all waves go back to the ocean, no matter how powerful they are, how mighty they are, how strong they are, how tall they are. All waves always crash back into the ocean. All you have to do is just go by the ocean and, and watch the cycle of the waves. 
and then the wave goes back gets washed back into the water and then the same wave reappears it's the same water same ocean keeps reappearing and falling back keeps reappearing and falling back and this process keeps going forever and then some days you go to the water you go to the ocean or to the lake and there is no waves it's just flat nothing's going on so when this wave is rising after a point it begins to forget its source it doesn't remember its source it doesn't remember where it's coming from which is the ocean it's the ocean that is creating the wave it's the lake that's creating the the wave but the wave forgets where it's coming from and falls into this illusion that it is a separate entity the wave that's rising it's like a human being being born as you're as a human you're starting to develop they give you a name they attach a relation to you like okay your name is mary jones they give you a relationship you are the daughter of your dad your mom or you are someone's sister you may be somebody's mother if you're working somewhere you're somebody's employee or somebody's boss but in reality you are you but you get this relationships attached to you that you're someone's husband you're somebody's wife whatever that is and but down deep in the core you are who you are but you are being attached they are attaching these different labels to you that you're a man you're a woman you are christian you're buddhist you are japanese you're indian you're american you're swedish whatever that is you get your labels attached to you so the same thing the wave is rising in the ocean oh wow that's a great wave that's a powerful wave that's a great wave to go surf on that's a dangerous wave if you go in the water right now you will be drowned but the the wave is the water either in a lake or in an ocean but it's the same thing and at the end of its duration it always back to its source it doesn't go anywhere else it's not like the wave rises and the wave gets transported in the desert or it goes in the mountains the wave always goes back to where it came from back into the lake or back into the ocean but there is a point that as the wave rises the wave forgets its source it goes into an amnesia and forgets that where it's coming from and it starts to beat on its chest like look at me look at me i am so powerful i'm so strong i have the power to manifest i can create i'm the master of the universe and that's the ego it's a thought it's just a thought a thought that i am powerful i am separated from everything else therefore i have my own power i can create things i'm independent and i'm responsible for my destiny i'm responsible for my own well-being i'm responsible what's going to happen to me i have to think about my retirement i have to save money and make investments i need to be married i need to have a wife or a partner i need to have kids what's going to happen to me if i get older i'm going to be left out i am responsible i'm responsible for the politics what's going to happen to planet earth i need to protect it i need to voice my opinion because they're cutting through all the forest and destroying the forests and i have to fight for saving the trees they're torturing the animals and killing the animals for their skin and their meat so i have to protect for animal rights so i get all passionate and all angry and all excited 
for these things, or I need to defend my country, so I have to go to war, or I have to defend my religion, so I need, I need to fight with these evil forces because I can make a difference, because I'm important, because I'm almighty, I have power. And look at me, I can create this. Look how good looking I am. Look how famous I am. Look how rich I am. So what happened is that this wave is rising from the ocean. And at one point, it forgets where it's coming from. It forgets that it's the ocean that is pushing it up. So it thinks it's on its own. It's doing it by itself. It forgets its source. So that's the birth of the ego. That's what ego is. A thought. A thought that I am someone, I'm a person separated from consciousness, separated from everything else. So screw other people. Fuck them. As long as I get what I want, who gives a shit what everybody else wants? Because it's all about me. I just let me get as much as I can, consume as much as I can. I need more real estate. I need to buy more homes. I need more money. I want to have sex with a lot of people. I want to have a lot of cars. I want to manipulate other people to work for me, to serve me, because I'm smarter than them. Who gives a shit about them? That's the ego. And this sense of separation doesn't come without a price. This sense of separation, it's also very fragile. It's a house of cards. It's a sand castle because this ego, this person is only happy and it's powerful and mighty as long as things go its way. As long as things go my way, I'm happy. But the moment things don't go my way, so let's say I just, I don't know, I am with my lady, my woman, and uh, we're really tight with each other, and we really love each other, and I feel like she belongs to me, but then she meets another man, and all of a sudden her attention goes on another man, and she wants to be with this other man, and now I thought she belongs to me, and now I'm losing her, so this is not going my way because I want her to only be mine. And I told her I love her very much, unconditionally, but that's a lie, because I only love her as long as she does what I want her to do, not what she loves to do. So now I'm getting angry, I'm getting jealous, I'm getting possessive, and I need to manipulate the situation for her to come back to me. I'm going to blame her for doing what she's doing, that's only one example. How many times in life things don't go your way? You went and invested in real estate and you lost. You invested in a company. You invested in a friendship and that friend betrayed you. No matter how much you gave him, you were available for them or you've been giving things to people and then they're cheating on you or lying to you. Things aren't going your way. So this ego's existence and happiness and well-being is based on how much things go its way. But the moment things don't go your way, then you're miserable. You're angry, you're unhappy, you're depressed. And then, you know, always at the end, Maya comes after you. Kali, Kali comes. The Kali comes after you to cut your head. And of course, at the end, where all our bodies are going to die. So you cannot escape that, no matter how much you resist it, how much you're afraid of it, how much you're trying to prolong things, postpone things, no matter how much money you have, whether you're a king, you're a prime minister, you're a leader of a country or a cult or you're an amazing musician, you're an actor, actress, doesn't matter. You're a multimillionaire. At the end of the day, you, this wave is going to fall back into the ocean. means you're going to die. What are you going to do about that one? Because you can't escape it. 
but you don't want to think about it. The ego does not want to think about it. So it will postpone it to another time because yeah, death will happen to other people, but it won't happen to me. So this ego, it operates based on fear, fear of unknown, fear of inevitable, and it's fueling off of desires, all these desires for control, to be able to control, control other people, control life, events of life, whatever it can control, it wants to manipulate it so things go its way. And then comes to a moment that for those of you, those of us, I speak for myself that I was lucky and we are lucky that we're here, that we have been invited to the path of self-realization out of 7 billion, 6 billion, I don't know how many million, billion, million people are on this planet and it doesn't really matter to me. But out of all these people and every entertainment that exists on this planet, so many different things that there is that you can do all day long, millions of different things that you can get engaged in doing. You left everything behind and we're here together in search of freedom to become free. And of course, a part of the ego comes and says, I chose this path. I decided that I want to be spiritual. I decided that I want awakening. But that's, again, the ego is playing that game because it wants to maintain a sort of control, even here, even though that the ego knows that it's getting close to its death. It's coming close to its ending, it wants to trick you. Look at me, I'm so spiritual. I sit down and meditate for four hours and that four hours I have no thoughts. I've been sitting with Zarathustra. I've been sitting with Eckhart Tolle. I've been sitting with Moji. I've went and saw Ramesh Balsakar. I've saw Papaji. I've saw Muktananda. I saw Guruji, whomever. I've been with Amaji. I've served in an ashram. Look at me. I've been meditating for years. Look at my degrees. I got all these batches, my medals, spiritual medals. I've done all these shamanic healing courses with shamans from everywhere, Hawaii, from, from Amazon, from everywhere. Look at me. Look at me. I've accomplished a lot. It's still your ego fooling you. It's deviating you from annihilation it wants to hang in there so the spiritual ego is very very dangerous spiritual people are more dangerous more fanatic than ordinary people who are completely unconscious i would be less scared of like donald trump or george w bush or adolf hitler than someone who's been meditating and been around the gurus for 30 years and they're vegan and they do yoga and they don't have sex and they don't smoke cigarette and they meditate and they read a lot of books. I would be more scared of them or someone who's going to the church or the mosque every day than someone completely unconscious because the spiritual ego is more dangerous. It's bigger. It's more vicious because now they've learned the words. They know how to hide. They know how to manipulate. They have the tools to how to hide behind being conscious. But then they're the most unconscious people on the planet because it's a lot of look at me or a lot of judgments, judging other people or having this sense of entitlement that I've been with Osho for 30 years. I'm Osho Sannyasin or I've been with Dalai Lama and I'm a Buddhist monk or I've been with I don't know, Amaji, or I went to the Miracle of Love or, or the Oneness University. And our group, we are better than other people. We're more conscious. We're the conscious ones and everyone else is sleepy. And that's a dangerous 
ego, which is hiding itself behind a red rope or an orange rope or a mala or an appearance of spirituality. Oh, I am completely raw vegan and I got my mala and I got my yoga stuff and I got my white thing in my head and I absolutely never look at cigarettes or raw meat or I never think about sex or alcohol or everything has to be absolutely pure. You have to be careful not fall into that trap. You cannot allow your ego, which is a thought. It's a thought of being separated. It's a thought only. Everything you think of yourself as a person, independent, capable of doing something of your own, it's only a thought. It's not true because, the because it's a wave that forgets where it comes from. So how does the wave rises? What's pushing the wave up? So now that you're on the top, you forget about the bottom. Where did, how did you get to this point? What created you? What gave you this power? You forgot about that. What were you before you became a wave? Where were you? You're powerful. You've done all these courses about manifesting and directing your mind on things and being the creator and blah, blah, blah. But where were you 100 years ago? And where are you going to be 100 years from now? How come you don't talk about these things? All you're concerned about and you talk about to me is look at me, look at me. Look at me, how mighty I am, how great I am, how beautiful I am, how powerful I am. It's simply a thought, and that's in the mind. So what we do is we divert our attention from the thinking mind beyond the thoughts. We go to the still point, and it's not very difficult because all you have to do is simply follow the trail of your thoughts. Follow the trail. Where do they come from? Where do your thoughts come from? And follow it inwards and you go back into the lake. This wave that's rising, the top, you go back to where it came from and you realize it's coming from the ocean. So you follow your thoughts back into their origin and you see that they come from nowhere, nothing. And as you do that, and you find out that your identity as a separate person is non-existent because you are the source. You are who you're looking for. You are, you are that which has always been here, both the creation and the creator. That's your origin. But then, you know, people come and people hear this and they come and tell me, Oh, Zarathustra, I am the creator. I can manifest. But then I can tell this is the ego speaking. It's not coming from emptiness. It's coming from an identity. Because now you picked up my words or the words, and now you're personalizing it and attaching it to self-interest, self-power. It's not what we're talking about here. So the deeper you go inwards, the more you divert, you change your view, you change your vision from looking outside, you turn it and you start looking inwards, inside, and you come to this point that is totally still and you come and touch and recognize that which is always here. That is the very source of everything. And it's actually not coming and not going. Everything is happening within that. All these motions of waves rising and falling down are happening within the body of consciousness. So nothing really happens. Nothing has ever happened. And nothing is ever going to happen, except it appears to be. It's an appearance. And I'm going to make it simple. You are at the ocean, the days that, or you're at the lake, the days that everything is really stormy and you see all these movements, all these waves. And the next day you go back to the same ocean and it's flat, it's clear. 
nothing. It's beautiful. It's warm. You can see underneath the ocean. You can see the fish. You can see the corals, everything. And then you think about the day before, which was so stormy. And where did all these waves, all these upheaval in the ocean went to? Where is it? It doesn't matter how bad the ocean was the day before. Today, it's absolutely flat. Where, where is everything else then? Where are all those waves? I thought they were very important. I thought they were like life-changing. But where are they now? So everything goes back to point zero. As you're sitting in front of this beautiful flat ocean, cr crystal clear blue water, it doesn't matter what happened the day before or last week. It's non-existing. Those waves, they're not here. All you see is the ocean is absolutely flat. So what happened to all that other stuff? Did it ever happen? So when you go back into inner silence and your attention completely comes here and you discover the state of samadhi within yourself and you're absolutely still, there is no thoughts, there's no movements, you're in absolute peace and you feel the bliss of the presence of the divine being, where does the human history what happens to human history? What happened to anything that's happened in the past? What happens to anything that's happening in your life? Why does everything go to absolute silence? Because you come back home to the source. You come back to the truth of who you are. And everything else disappears. Because they were just like mirage in the desert. They were appearances. They were not real. And blessed is the one who comes to that realization. Blessed is those who in this life come to see that and they liberate themselves from this illusion called my life. Does it make sense? Anybody has any questions? Hi, Agatha. Nice seeing you. Welcome to the Academy. Hi, Mona. Thank you. Welcome to the Academy, Mona. We do have some new people here today. Okay, great. Wonderful. Hi, Karen. Hello. Yeah, but how about if you see this all illusion, but still you're engaged, right? Okay. Yeah. Of you know, you're we're we're all having our individual personal lives that we're living. And you're gonna have to live your life based on whatever is your destiny you cannot not live your life whatever is happening because each person's life based on is a series of relationships your your life is non-existing outside of relationships everything is related to something else so you have to live your life based on that whatever that is so what happens is you acquire the awareness your, your awareness starts to expand you start to becoming more more awake you come to this understanding this understanding does not mean that you you all of a sudden acquire a power to manipulate things people think that this understanding will give them a power to manipulate things on the contrary the more i dive into this understanding the less I try to manipulate anything, the more I surrender to what is. You surrender to the reality of what is. And if there are moments that it requires effort, okay? If you need to put effort and it requires effort, then you put effort into whatever that is. For example, just because I've come to this understanding, it doesn't mean that if I want to go to Europe back in the day before pandemic, when I was coming to Europe three times a, a year, and you're having a tour, you know, you have two months tour, I'm going to go to like six countries, five countries, we would spend two months here, three months here, preparation for the tour. So there was a lot of work. 
contacting my organizers in different countries, designing workshops, seminars, renting Airbnb, hotel rooms, buying flight tickets. All of it requires a lot of work, a lot of action. So, but to me is the appearance of it. It appears that I'm putting a lot of effort into making something happen. It appears to be, but at no point I'm under the illusion that I'm doing it, even though my body and my mind is very engaged into doing it. It's very clear that something else is doing it, but it appears that I am doing it. It appears that my mind, my body, my emotions are engaged in that work. But the awareness, the observer is watching Zarathustra being engaged, stressing out. Oh, we made a mistake. We, we sent the wrong flyer. Oh, wow, we screwed up. We booked the wrong flight. Now I have to fix it. There's a lot of involvement, engagements happening, but it appears that way. It, appear, it looks like it, but you're free from it inside because you're not attached. You're only going through the motions. You do what you have to do because that's requirement of life in the moment. Like something happens to your son, God forbid he breaks his arm or whatever, and you have to go to Denmark. I don't know where he is now, but let's, it's an assumption. And you need to go and spend three months or two months with your son. And you have to drop everything else in your life. You're not going to say, oh, I'm not the doer. And Zarathustra said, I'm not doing anything. And I'm going to stay home. And I'm not going to do anything. Because you get these urges of being a mom comes with all these stress or worry. And you feel very strongly that you have to go to Denmark and take care of your son. And you will do what you have to do because you cannot not do it. Similarly, like for me, what happened to my mother, I can't just stay home and say, okay, you know, all is well and I'm not going to take care of her. Something's much bigger than me creates this urge that I need to be available for her and I need to go there. It doesn't just feel good not to do anything. So something lifts you and pushes you to do it, whether you want to do it or you don't want to do it, something bigger than you will carry you. But it's different if you are identified with the doing or you're free from the doing. That's a big difference. That's the difference between freedom and being a slave. You're still doing the same thing, but one is not attached to the results and is not identified as the doer. And the other one is completely identified with the story. So one is free from whatever happens. It's neither is going through fear, no desire. The other one is going through fear and desire. And fear and desire both going to create suffering because you want things to go your way or you're afraid of a possibility of something that doesn't go your way. Both create suffering. And did, that, did I answer your question or I confused you? No, 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 no. Is uh, it making, no. Is it making any sense for you? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great. Mm. Thanks for asking. Anybody else? Questions? Comments? Yeah. I just love the way you are explaining it with your pictures and everything. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It takes time for, it depends where we're at in our spiritual growth. And obviously, again, this particular teaching, the 5D quantum awareness, which is based in Advaita Vedanta, it comes, it's an ancient teaching. This awareness coming to this place of being completely still inside and being silent and be the observer of what is going on, the observer of your thoughts, the observer of your emotions, and the observer of your body, the meat. This is meat made out of different elements. It's not even solid. And you get to see these three things. 
And then you get to observe the world outside. And the world is always up and down and up and down and everything. And what's around you with your relationships that is also alive and it's got a pulse and it comes together and, and falls apart always, no matter who it is, no matter what situation you're in, everything is constantly being cha changing, everything. Yet all of this thing that is changing within and without is being observed and noticed and noted by something inside you that doesn't change. Something here does not change, which is aware of changes. This path, this teaching that we all have been invited to somehow through the grace has found us worthy to be invited on this path. Excuse me, just one moment I wanna make sure. We didn't come to it on our own accord. You didn't decide you want to become or you want to come on this path of self-realization. It wasn't a choice I made or you made. We have been invited and selected somehow. And I'm not saying this, that we start ego tripping and then you go and tell yourself, oh, I'm special. I've been selected. But this teaching is not appealing to a lot of people on the planet. It's only appealing to a very small number of people on the planet. Only the rest are not attracted to this teachings because this teaching promise you nothing. It doesn't get, deliver any promises. It's not gonna tell you, come and do this thing and you're gonna get rich. Come and do this thing and you're gonna find your soulmate. Come and do this thing and you can live 150 years. It doesn't give you any promises. This teaching is telling you, you have no free will. There's nothing you can do. So it's not really attractive in that sense. In the worldly sense, it's unattractive. But yet, we're all here. And what is bringing us is the deeper we go into it, the more peace, tranquility, silence, love is appearing in our lives it's not because of what we're doing it's despite of what we're doing yet still things happen yet you still work you still make money you still take your kids to school you still attend to your family you still attend to your partner you're still doing whatever you're doing it's not like you're a stupor and you're like like a rock like this all day long not doing anything but you're doing everything from silence. You're doing everything from stillness, from a place of being solid. And this is an invitation. Why is the rest of the world not here? Because they're not selected. They've been rejected. They're not fit to this. Her Majesty, the Supreme Being, has not discovered them ready or fit for this particular teaching. So what do they do? A lot of them are either after making more money, creating empires, corporations, acquiring more power in the world, or practicing different kinds of spirituality that gives you personal power to manifest money, to manifest wealth, to manipulate things. So they're practicing that, which is going to turn into more fear and desire because it's a never ending endeavor. It never ends. It just keeps going on and on and on. The more you acquire, the more you become afraid, paranoid. As a normal person, I don't have to worry about being kidnapped or my mother get kidnapped or my brother get kidnapped. But if I'm worth $30 billion and I'm like equivalent to Bill Gates, then I'm constantly worrying about being kidnapped my family being kidnapped, my kids being, I don't have kids, but if I had kids. So it's like the more you're adding up, it's not like your life gets easy. It can get a lot more complicated. Yes, it's nice to have a lot of money or have enough money to do whatever you want to do. I don't deny it, but it escalates. 
the more in the world you are acquiring, the more it requires maintenance to hold on to it. The higher you get on the ladder of food chain, the, danger, the more dangerous it gets. The more powerful you become, whether you're a leader of a country or you're a leader of your party or a spiritual leader, whatever you are, the more vulnerable you are, the more you have to fight to stay at power. So when you reach the top, get ready to drop. Prepare yourself for the fall. It's not very far. It's almost predictable. And that's desires and fear. It's not freedom. Because there's a mind, there's thoughts, there are the desires, and they backfire and they create ripples. And we want to be free, real freedom, inner freedom. We want to find the inner treasures. And you cannot inner treasures by empowering your mind and to think more and using your thinking mind. You don't empower it. You have to disconnect it. You have to get away from it. You have to find silence. No thoughts, not good thoughts or bad thoughts. They're the same crap. No thoughts, silence, which leads you to freedom. Hi, Shadi Sarafian. How are you doing? How's Good it going? Thing. How are you? Yeah, nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Nice blue shirt. It's very refreshing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It thanks. Goes with, it goes with the theme of the ocean. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Actually, I bought it in Stockholm. I bought it at the store Zara in Stockholm. I have, it's funny that I have very good luck when I go to the store Zara and I always find <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> I wonder why your name starts with Zara. Yeah, exactly. I wonder yeah. why. Anyway, thank you for today's discussion. It really yeah, uh, made sense. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice to see you. You too. Thanks. So uh, what is this whole play about? Is the divine experiencing itself? Um, yes, it's, it's the consciousness wants to get to know itself because it's in original state. It's just, there is nothing. It simply is. So quite often people talk about, I want to reach fifth dimension. My, I, like, I would like for my consciousness to reach fifth dimension. And people don't realize that once to, we talk about, I want to become one with God. I want oneness. But if you do, for example, I'm just using it as a uh, form of uh, verbalizing it and talking about it. Just one moment. I need to open the window a bit more. The weather is good today and a lot of planes are flying over our house. There's a small airport nearby, so it's busy. Um, there is consciousness. There is the vastness that the oneness, but there is no such a thing as one because the one doesn't exist. We talk about, I want to become one with God with that, but the one doesn't know it's one unless it compares itself to two. Because it's like zero, there is no one. From zero, you go to two. There is no one in between. Because that one is simply has no awareness of comparing itself to anything because there is nothing to compare yourself to. So in original state of consciousness, in the original state of God, of the being, of the spirit, there is no self-awareness. It simply is, which is very difficult for human mind to comprehend that because the mind is not functioning in oneness. The, the mind is always functioning in duality. It's in a, you, again, I mentioned earlier today about relationships. Everything is related to something. So, and that's how we comprehend things because we can comprehend things at the zero point. We have to relate things to things to understand it. So for us, it's very, uh, very difficult to understand it with our thinking mind. The heart understands it. So consciousness at its rest 
it simply is. But then for it to understand itself, to get a glimpse of its potential, because it's just pure untapped potential, then what it does is it creates in imagination, in dream, it creates duality. So it can really look at itself. So if we're all sitting in a room together and we'll check each other out, okay, you know, I like her hairstyle. Oh, I like her shirt. I don't like her shoes. I don't like his mustache. I da 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 da. Naturally, all day long, we're looking at things and we're making assessments, decisions, whether we like it, not like it, whether we feel safe or not. So this pure potential, this vastness of the being, let's say a million years, 10 million years, 100 million years go by. And finally, consciousness gets bored. It says, okay, dude, I am, and I'm bored, and I want to create because I can. So it begins to create, but both sides are the same. So it creates a man, it creates a woman, because in the dual world, in the appearing world, you have to have the opposites. You can't have one without the other. So you create kindness and viciousness. There is love and there is evil. There is joy and there is suffering. Everything that you create in manifestation of duality, because you're coming from oneness into duality. So the other part has to be equally created. None can exist without the other. There is day and there is night. So it starts to create. Okay, so if you're om omnipresent, you're vast, you're infinite. Are you only going to create angels and light and everybody's an angel and everybody's got wings and everybody's kind? So let's say you play that game for another 5 million years and you get, you know what? I'm tired of angels. I want to create Al Capone. I want to create gangsters. I want to create war. I want to create killing because I'm bored of all being nice. I want to experience what does it feel like because I can be anything I want simultaneously. So I wanna create what does it mean to kill? What's the feeling of killing someone? And in the same time, I can be on the other end of getting killed. So I can experience both of them simultaneously. And I can be a fish in the ocean and I'm a goldfish and I'm a nice fish. And then I'm going to be a shark who comes and eats this one. So I get to experience both ends. I'm going to be a nice soft bird. And then I'm going to be a hawk and eagle. I want to experience everything. I want to be born as Albert Einstein or Beethoven as a genius. And I'm going to be born as a child who's paralyzed or blind. I'm going to be born as a rich kid. And I'm going to be born as a poor kid. I get to experience all of it simultaneously because I can, because I'm infinite. But again, all of these things at the end of the day, excuse me, all of these things at the end of the day, they just put everything, it, it's like nothing is happening. Nothing has ever happened because both forces, they know each other. They diffuse each other. As much there is evil, as much there is goodness. Neither of them can overcome the other, but it's going to play this dance with each other. The dance is going to be there. There's creation and there's destruction. There's birth and there is death. So God, consciousness gets to experience all of it. And naturally, since consciousness has created ignorance and unconscious people, it has to create the guru, the master to balance it. So there's the seekers being, being created. And then the teacher has to be created too, because neither of them can exist without the other. 
in this ever-going dream. So that's why they call it samsara, or I, I refer to it as the dream, the relative reality. It's a relative reality life. Relatively, it appears to be real. But in comparison to that which doesn't change, it's not real. That which is never coming and going. Then for a small people, a small group of spiritual seekers who are ready, they begin to recognize through their teacher, through their guru, or maybe through an event, maybe it's an accident or something or an awakening happens, but most of the time it happens through the teacher, but it can happen through anything. You can be in a process of giving birth, you can be in a car accident, or you can have an awakening in any form, and all of a sudden you have the realization, but most of the time, most of us need the guidance of the other guru, the guru which is outside is teaching us until we find the inner guru is pointing out, the guru is pointing out to this place within, which is still, and the guru is pointing out to discovering that which doesn't change. So you or anyone cannot understand the world that's changing until you understand that which doesn't change. When you start to touch that which doesn't change, then you start to realize that is the only thing which is real and everything else that's changing is not real. So then you start to be liberated and, and be freed from the illusion, the samsara, the dream. You start to wake up out of the dream that none of it is real, even though relatively it appears to be real. It looks like it's real. It feels like it's real. It touches that it's real, but it's not real. Why? Because it's changing all the time. It cannot stay the same. Therefore, it cannot be real. And that's a very good subject. I hope, Hilda, you remind me. I can get into that one of these days and get more into, get into the depth of it. Did I an answer your question, Agatha? Or at least close to? Yeah. Yeah, but I have more questions. Go like, ahead. Go ahead. We have another 10 minutes here. Go ahead. You can ask questions. Okay. So uh, when I realize and I touch this point of this, uh, this non-changing reality uh, of the observer, and then I'm still in this life, doing my things, doing my obligations, fulfilling my job and things. And I get bored, you know, nothing excites me. It's like, okay, I, I, I need to do that because I feel that urge, whatever, whatever that is. But it's like, and is that all? I'm bored. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, you can be bored. There are moments that you can doubt everything. I have gone through that actually two months ago. I was thinking, why am I teaching? And I was thinking about shutting down the academy. It was like, it's not happening anymore. Um, why am I trying to enlighten anyone? Because there is no one and it's only myself. So what's the point of all these jumping jacks? And uh, I started to get very bored, A, with myself and the teachings. It was like, I mean, what am I doing? It's, it's a waste of time. And I kind of went through that phase and somehow it just didn't go that way. It didn't go to the point of shutting it down and it recreated itself. Hey, you're not the first person who comes to this understanding and experience boredom. It's a part of the path. It happens. But in the apparent life one thing leads to another thing so something else will appear for the mechanism the body mind mechanism it gets involved with the new project and once the understanding gets deeper 
quite often it gets very juicy. Quite often for a lot of people, it becomes more exciting because what happens is that, okay, I don't have to save the world because there's no world to save. Um, I don't have to worry about the world because I don't need to save the world. I'm not interested in the events in the world because they don't affect me anymore. I'm indifferent to that. And then, so you get, oh, what can I do something fun? Like, oh, wow, I want to learn how to paraglide. I want to learn a new language. I'm free. I'm not seeking. I'm no longer putting any time in self-realization and God-realization. So why don't I, while this body, this mind is going to live on this planet for how much longer? I don't know, maybe next five minutes or maybe next 20 years. And it's like, oh, I want to learn something new in, in this world, not regarding saving the world or improving the world, because those go out of the window very quickly once you come to this realization is like, oh, why don't I do this? Or why don't I go live in Peru for a while? Or why don't I da 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 da? Or why don't I become a teacher? Or whatever that is, something shows up and the quality of it changes because you're operating from a different place now, which I can't really explain it, but a newness comes. Okay, great. Well, it's nice to see everybody. We're almost at 12 o'clock. Um, those of you feel like connecting, you're welcome to write me an email. Uh, our email is info at zaratustra.tv. My social media pages is Zaratustra 5D. This broadcast uh, and my website is Zaratustra.tv. Um, I got a little bit of, well, maybe it's premature to say it. So I'm going to say it later on to you. Well, we'll wait till next week when I have it ready for you. Um, this broadcast is recorded. For those of you who are on our system and we have your email, we're going to send you a copy of it. Um, also, we um, chopped down this broadcast into 10-minute increments minus the meditation, and we put it on YouTube. Uh, we are recording on YouTube right now, so you have access to the full recording. And then we're going to put this on Facebook. And right now I'm doing um, YouTube and Instagram Live, so it's available on these channels. Um, also, we're creating the podcast, which is uh, minus the meditation for those of you who, are, who prefer podcast. Um, if you have any comments, please write them to me. It's, I'm not always, uh, I, it sometimes takes me a while to get back with you, but be patient with me. Let me check. There's a couple of messages here. Okay, thank you so much. I'm grateful I can feel in here. Okay, you're welcome, Manuela. You're welcome. Other than that, um, I don't have any upcoming events. Um, I don't know when I would offer something. Um, at this at this time, I don't have any energy or desire for offering any events or workshops, but it can change. Um, Somehow it's not happening at this point. So this is as much as I have the energy to do. Um, I'm also really uh, not taking any students for life training program. Um, again, I don't have any energy for teaching on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, but you're welcome to communicate with me. And uh, I'll be happy to hear from you. Hopefully we're going to meet. I'm planning on having uh, the academy next Wednesday, God willing, if everything is fine and the world is still here and I'm still here. Really appreciate your presence. And before we end it, I would like you to just for one moment disconnect again from the world and your life story and everything and simply sink back to this place. Just come to this to your heart to the presence here. And just know in this moment that all is well. Her Majesty, the Supreme Being is in charge. 
There is absolutely nothing to worry about despite of what is happening in the world and all the world's dramas. Once you come back to your heart, to the center of yourself, everything quiets down and the world, your mind and your story will disappear and you get to touch your own being, the presence, your majestic being, because consciousness, God, the spirit resides within your own heart and only within your own heart is where you can find the kingdom of heaven. It's all here. It all originates from love and it all comes, all comes back to love and you carry that. Even though a lot of fears may appear, rise, you may hear a lot of news about the world's affairs, but come back to your power, come back here to this place. What you possess within your own heart, nobody can give you or take it away from you. It's always here and it goes beyond the physical world and the five senses. Love is your true nature. Love is your birthmark. We all come from the land of love and we all carry the power of love in our hearts. All we have to do is stop, stop and sink in and it immediately reveal itself to you. It shows itself to you without any efforts. It does not require any efforts. It's waiting for you to be discovered. That's all you have to do is be quiet and be still. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Namaste.